The perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at NewBalance.com. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads ensure you can take on any adventure. Available H-Track all-wheel drives so you can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud. Standard third-row seating so your whole family can experience the thrill together. Available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors with a dead phone. Whether you're tailgating out in the dirt lot, Carter Finley, shout out Carter Finley, or whether you're whitewater rafting, taking the entire family on an adventurous trip, maybe you're out camping at Mount Rogers. I used to go as a kid, wish my parents had a Hyundai Santa Fe. The Hyundai Santa Fe is perfect for your family outing. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. everybody welcome to the big six podcast cbs sports nfl podcast i'm will brinson i'm your host show is brought to you by fanduel sportsbook make every moment more and it's a pete prisco tuesday joining me to talk about i guess the super bowl guess we is, can there talk game, about is there a game next week i oh, didn't hear is there yeah. a game pete prisco yeah. john breach what's up fellas uh, let's go Super Bowl. I'm ready, man. This is going to be fun. I I, yeah. I love this matchup. Yeah, it's awesome. Chiefs and only, uh, only 12 days away, Pete. What are you going to do to burn the time? You got 12 days to burn. Well, I'll be working, and then I will be in Las Vegas starting on Sunday. Mm. Be s- As will you two. You be <sighs> s- not a good idea to send Brenton there. No, that's, <laughs> that's being talked about on a lot of podcasts. You know what that is? That's like that's like. Uh, <laughs> That's my a, Super Bowl. A, a, a kid into uh, Willy Wonka's Chocolate Factory. <laughs> yeah. Um, and anyone who has seen those movies knows that it does not turn out well for the kid, except for Charlie. Let's hope Brinton is Charlie. Yeah, but you know, but, but it's not Willy Wonka's with Brinton. It's more like leaving Las Vegas. <laughs> yeah. um, <laughs> worth noting that the first time my name was brought up on a podcast about by possible behavior in Las Vegas. Um, was Pete? Was Pete was being discussed as a guy who's gonna be out there in Hawaiian shirts on part of my take, uh, drunk the whole time. That's what that's what I believe they said about you, Pete. Yes, and uh, no, that, said, no, they that's, didn't say, they didn't say Hawaiian shirts though. They said <laughs> but they button down shirts and whatever in the jeans. That they they know that's not what they said about you though. <laughs> that's not what they said about me. No, no. let's move on. Uh, <laughs> if you're watching on YouTube. By the way, speaking of uh, watching things, Pete, did you catch Royal Rumble last week over the weekend? Are you a big wrestling fan? I haven't watched one wrestling match or in my life. What do you think about? What do you you think about people who watch professional wrestling? Like our good buddy Nick Costas. Yeah, he's been in. You know, he's been into it. I think since like the early two thousand. Like he's been into it since he was a little, like little boy. The last guy I remember was Andre the Giant way back in the day. And the only reason I know that is because I saw him and watched him because it was such a curiosity. But to anybody who – I don't understand fake – if they really did what they look like they're doing, they would kill each other. So if they have that, I'll watch that, okay? (laughs) You know, it's like like the real Squid Games or something. I'll watch that. Remember, remember when Eric Young threw me, did, uh, threw me, was going to throw me through a table, like at a, at a work function. That was pretty wild. And said he just did a chokehold and like, I was like sore. I was I sore remember, for a week. Do you remember Russ Grimm, the offensive lineman? He was going to throw yeah. me off a balcony once, goofing around. Are you serious? Yeah. I, I watched. Having, um, 
few cocktails and uh, got a little riled up, and he grabbed me and threw me, bet me over. Uh, who back. was it? Who was it who put you in a chokehold at the combine? It, dude, like, so he was going to suge night you. It was curse. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, Javon Curse. I, yeah. I, had a, I, I don't know where that picture is. It's not on my phone for some reason. I had a picture of you, you in a in a headlock from Javon well, you know Curse at like started. midnight. It started. I said, "Come on, man, you can, I can block you." And I got down and then yeah, and, yeah. And never. we had we had a few cocktails in the yeah, combine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's how that started. All right. Anywho, uh, Taylor Swift going to be at the Super Bowl, according to reports. Pretty excited about that. Um, you know what? Most- I, I want to say this about that. Okay. Leave them alone. I don't get it. Why, why does it bother anybody? Why, why does I don't understand why that bothers anybody. If it was fake, I would say, okay, it bothers me. It's fake. But it looks like it's real. And if it's real, who cares? Let them have, why can't they have their moment and their time together? I, I don't – and when you say leave them alone, you mean like people who are complaining about Taylor Swift yeah. being at the yeah, yeah it's who like, cares? He's famous. She's famous. They're together, and she's coming and to the, the Super way, Bowl. By the way, he seems, you know, anytime I've ever dealt with him and just watching him, he seems like such an easygoing dude, easy to get. So she must be pretty e- down-to-earth, easygoing, yeah. you know? So, I, I mean, who cares? It's because he's from Ohio. Us Ohio guys are all very easygoing. Breach, and everybody, you very are the like, biggest. You're the biggest diva on the planet, Breach. What? <laughs> I'm just kidding. Uh, I, I don't know if you noticed or not, but when – um. There was a clip, and I think it might have been Jonathan Jones that got it, or maybe somebody. I can't remember. I'm not sure who had the, the clip, but it was like like following Taylor down on the field after the AFC Championship game victory, and she's with Travis. She's with Travis, and he asked her, "Where's Jason?" And she says, "I don't know. I think he kind of got lost behind us." And then he finds Jason, his brother, and she like backs up and like moves. She was, she was like very, she like got out of the way and like moved out, like got away from the cameras. And I don't know. It was like, I thought it was pretty cool that it was just to see how she was like, yeah, but it, wanted to, when she, if she becomes, when she becomes, if, and when she becomes the wife, she ain't moving. <laughs> oh yeah. That's right. Yeah. She's like, I don't know. I don't no, know where you're used to be your brother. Now you're my husband. Yeah. Move out of the way. Yeah, she, yeah, she's like, I don't, I don't give a crap where your brother no, is. They, like, yeah. they just seem like, I mean, and you can tell her mother and father like him, his mother and father like her. I mean, it just, it, 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 it just seems real. And if it's real and not all for show, then why do people get so worked up about it? I don't understand. The people complaining about like Taylor Swift. Also, it's I mean, jamming in everybody's face too. Like everybody's like, she's ruined Travis Kelsey and ending the Chiefs season. It's like, well, guess who's back in the Super Bowl for the fourth time in six years? And he's playing out of his mind. I mean, no, no doubt about it. He's playing great football. So yep, it, it's just weeks. look, she'll be there. That's her. That's her guy. Big deal. Okay, yep. big deal. Absolutely. By the way, uh, AFC Championship game, most watched AFC Championship game in NFL history. It's it's the Taylor Swift factor helps, but I don't know. It's like the NFC Championship game got 56 million people too, and there was no Taylor Swift there. So anybody saying that well, she's the one propping up the viewers. Yeah, but usually that second game gets more yeah. viewers anyways, but that's an unreal number for that game, the early game. It really is. I mean, yeah. and, and and I think the Super Bowl number is going to be just unreal. The Super Bowl number is going to be, like, I, I think that CBS did a good job, too, with the Taylor Swift coverage, like, during the game, um, of the AC Championship game, like, because they're not, you know, Sometimes, sometimes networks will, and we're not saying that just because it's we're with CBS, but it doesn't hurt, but, like, sometimes networks will be so over the top with the with like like the, like I don't think we're gonna see, you know, fifty cutaways to Taylor Swift. I think we'll see a couple cutaways to Taylor Swift when Travis Kelsey does stuff, and that's what they should do. Um, and I think we'll see an insane number for this well, Super Bowl in terms of. I'll because, be on the field after the game, so when I see her, I'm gonna say, "Hey, would you release the tickets so I can sell mine to your Miami?" I dare concert? you! I dare you to say that. <laughs> <laughs> she probably. You know what? She'd probably laugh and say, okay, sell them, and then I'll give you two others. That's just that's what they seem like. Her and Travis Kelsey seem that way to me, you know? I don't think Taylor Swift is going to give you comp tickets, but yeah, I agree with you. You never I'm, know. I'm, you never know. <laughs> All you can do is just, you know, put it out just there. Yeah. Brenton, I will say, though, I think they'll show a little more Taylor Swift during the Super Bowl. We will on CBS than we did during the AFC title game. I thought we did a great job of that. We only showed her on celebratory. It was like three times and maybe in our Grammys ad. But now you have the casual fan tuning in, some fans who are actually tuning in just to see Taylor yes. Swift. So those fans are saying, where's Taylor? Give us some Taylor. We want more Taylor. Uh, and real quick, this was only the third time since 2000 that both 
the AFC and NFC title game had more than 50 million viewers. So it is not that common to get monstrous numbers in both games. No. it's it, Look, the NFL is king. It remains king. It will stay king. It's just what it is. Yep. It's, All it's very king. football. Football, very popular. Taylor Swift, also very popular. Okay, let's get to some bold predictions. Last week, you had two bold predictions, one for each of the games. And your first bold prediction was from Chiefs or Ravens. And you said, let's give us a bold prediction from the AFC Championship game on CBS and streaming on Paramount+. Plus. Let's see, bold prediction. Um, Pacheco rushes for over 100 yards. That's pretty bold because the Ravens do not give up a ton of rushing yards. Pacheco had 68 rushing yards and a touchdown, Pete. 68 and a touchdown is not bad, though. No. That's I mean, that wasn't it wasn't that bad. If you were if you were doing like fantasy football, if you were making a yeah like a, fantasy points, fantasy points, yeah, you like Jamie. If that was the start of the week for Jamie Eisenberg, he would be doing boom around the office. He would count that. <laughs> I mean, he does. <laughs> but, <laughs> I go, I go, Jamie. Somebody rushes for thirty five yards, has thirty five ca- yards receiving, and scores a touchdown, and he's booming. I go, what, yeah, what it's like, it's like, it's congrats, like that's an, right. like an average day at the office, buddy. Right. Yeah. Start yeah. of the week. I hit my start of the week. I mean, what did he do? <laughs> yeah, it's like, and, and not to mention, like Jamie's notorious too for he's like, like start of the week is uh, Josh Allen. It's a good one. It's a real good yeah, one. Right? Yeah. 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 Let me see in the Super Bowl. I'll make my start of the week Patrick Mahomes what do you yeah. think? <laughs> it's like Christian McCaffrey all right way to go. and then and then each week if like his start of the week doesn't do that well he'll go back in and say well he's top 10 he was top 10 he was top 10 and, <laughs> yeah. back. and then, then you have Dave sitting on the side in the green room defending him oh yeah he was top 10 you know it's the defender <laughs> oh Jamie and Dave Lions 49ers your bold prediction involved the quarterbacks Lions and 49ers. Lions at 49ers. The two quarterbacks combined for 700 passing yards and five touchdowns. Wow. The shootout. Not even close. Got the shootout part, right? Got the shootout. Um, yeah, only uh, 540 passing yards and two touchdowns. Uh, Purdy had 267 and Goff had 273. Actually, I mean, I kind of feel like uh it feels like it feels i mean it's 34 31 um it really feels like there was more pass. it feels like you were closer to right than wrong on that one well if you saw this final score you'd have assumed that at least one of these quarterbacks went over 300 it's amazing that that didn't materialize by the way yeah. my, i when i sent my picks in on tuesday and i picked the game i picked uh san francisco 33 31 i think Ooh, very nice we had uh six rushing touchdowns so that's, I mean, you know, and you had, um, I think Gibbs was from 15 yards. J- Jameson Williams with a 42-yard rushing touchdown, like, you know, and Christian McCaffrey scored twice where they, they easily could have gotten your five touchdowns there, I think. Uh, if, yeah. yeah. I mean, both teams. Well, he got one touch. He got one touchdown at the, uh, on a, when he went for it on fourth down, which was a mistake at the end of the game. That was one of his many mistakes. He got away with it. Oh, boy. What? I think we have some Dan Campbell talk later in the podcast, Pete. You got to save your rant. You got to save it. I got plenty Um, of them. All right. Let's talk. These are pretty good for bowl predictions. We'll give you credit for that. Um, We're going to do some bowl predictions for the Super Bowl, but we've got plenty of time to do that. So instead, let's talk about some storylines leading up to the game. Pete, what is your number one? By the way, I had, um, it's the weirdest, I did a, radio hit earlier today <laughs> like I, I the producer hears it here's this i don't care but like the producer was like could you send me some of your predictions for the super bowl i was like no <laughs> no he wants you doing work on his show <laughs> yeah, <I was laughs> no like, the work is i'm you're getting me on that's the work. i was like i was like why don't you just, you just ask me anything right i was like no i was like no. you know what you should have said you know what you should have said yeah i'll send them to you you send me that 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 uh dinner certificate from uh one of the <laughs> finest restaurants around we'll call it even yeah yeah it's like if, yeah if you want to pay me for the hit i'll do that but no, right. <laughs> absolutely not right. um what's your uh what's what's the storyline you're looking forward to with the chiefs pete dynasty mm. yeah. or overarching 
I love dynasty talk. Are you, you want specific to the game or you no, want no, to? No, 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 no. I think uh, whatever, whatever floats your boat. Yeah. I, I love dynasty talk. Cause I think, and we ranked them today and where they would be if they win, uh, where they're going. Are you going to uh, put them past the Patriots? If they win six. <laughs> I mean, right. Well, yeah. I mean, when you think about them right now, though, when you look at it, and Breach is going to get mad when I say this, but if it wasn't for D Ford being offsides, they probably win that one because they had a member they picked them off. Yeah. They led the Bengals 21 3. Okay. They should have won that game. They should have lost to the Bengals last year and won the year before that. They should have gone Patrick one and Mahomes, one against the Bengals. Patrick Mahomes could have gone to the Super Bowl every single year that he was a starter so far, very easily. And, and the only game where he really didn't win the and Bucks. got blown, Bucks, and that was a COVID year, and, and he had an ankle injury. And and I remember talking to people after that game in the Chiefs organization about it, and they said they really had a rough time coming back the next year after winning it and having to deal with the COVID situation. It was hard. It was different, and so they didn't really do a great job with that. So. Um, yeah, oh, yeah, because I mean, yeah, they won. He could easily they, they, have won it every year. He could have won the six Super Bowls. Two it's of incredible. his three playoff losses are in overtime. Like, just think about that. He has <laughs> yeah. three losses, and two of them came in overtime. And and should have won the Patriots game because they had an interception. It was negated by the offsides. And 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 probably when you're up twenty-one-three in a playoff game, you should win that game. Yeah. Kick the field goal before halftime. They win that game. The yeah. first right. Chiefs game. So I mean, Dan, Dan you, Campbell kicked the field goal before halftime. He didn't win. Um, just kidding. We'll get to that in a minute. Yeah, but yeah, I mean, Patrick Mahomes. And and but, I think the other thing too is remember Brady and Belichick won three of their first four, right? Uh, from two what because they, they won two thousand, two thousand one, and two thousand three. Is that right? And then they and then they went away for a while. But that version of Tom Brady was n nowhere close to this version of Patrick Mahomes. No. No, like nowhere close. Tom Tom Brady was awesome, but he like the defense was obviously better with the Patriots. But I mean, the margin for error for the like that's the thing about the Chiefs is if they have a remotely good defense, it, it's kind of weird. Steve Spagnuolo is not getting head coaching interviews, isn't it? Well, because he's been a head coach before, and I think that people think he's up in the years. And does he really want to do it? I think that has something to do with it too. And he probably doesn't mind piling up Super Bowl rings as a defensive coordinator for Patrick Mahomes' team. Um, but yeah, they're, they're, they could easily be in the conversation as the great. If they had won one more going into this one, they could be in the conversation as the greatest dynasty of all time, including the Patriots. Do they have to get past? Do they have to win seven to to be past the Patriots? If they win six in less years than it took the Patriots, then they're, yeah. then they're the greatest dynasty of all time. I, I, don't, I don't think there's any question about that. Um, again, does, do, do, does Mahomes have to win six to become the greatest quarterback of all time? No. Oh no! If he wins, if he wins five and wins three more MVPs or something, then that or four more MVPs, then he's in. No, but here's the other: thing. where are they right now? That's the question, and we ranked them today. I had, I have Pat's number won. one, Pats, number two, Steelers. Hmm. The Steelers teams of the '70s were unreal, and people, you know, most of you guys weren't around for them, but they were. <laughs> um, because that's what Brady said. I wasn't around for him. Okay. Then the 49ers run, and you kind of tag on the end of that with the young win, but that run was incredible. Then I think the Chiefs are the next one, and then the Cowboys. The, so the, 90, Jimmy, the, the 90s Cowboys and Jimmy Johnson. Yeah. And this is post-merger, by the way, because if you go before the merger, you'd throw in the 50s Browns, you'd throw in the 60s Packers, um, you'd throw in those teams. But And then post-merger, the guys that are in also in the conversation – Washington won three Super Bowls with Joe Gibbs uh, with three different quarterbacks. Everybody else that's, had their guy. Yeah. That's that's amazing when you think about it. And then Buffalo going to four straight. They never get the due they deserve for being a dynasty because they didn't win one. Yeah. It's no, four years of dynasty, though. I, I just feel like, you know, this is, I feel like five years needs to be the minimum for a dynasty because four years just feels like you built one lucky team, you kept the roster together. Even you can do that in the salary cap age because a lot of these contracts are three and four years. I think that you have to go five, six years to be in the dynasty conversation. Four years would be my cutoff of not. Yeah, but the, the, the uh, Bills were good, not other than those years where they didn't get to the Super Bowl. They still were right. good teams. But here, here's the other thing when you think about it, and I looked at this, I think the Steelers dynasty had from, you know, when they won those Super Bowls, had 
a total of like 80 something starters. That's and crazy. In the Patriots dynasty, and it was longer, but it was Patriots, had, Patriots like, had like 575. Three times, as, three times as many. No, it was like 270 or something like that. And, you know, it, it's just so different to look and see how many, you know, because you kept your, you developed them, you drafted them, you developed them, they became good players, and you kept them. And, and yeah. so that's the difference between when you look at the Steelers and what the Chiefs and the Patriots both have done. Well, I mean, even the even the Chiefs think about like you have this potential for like, you know, Tyreek Hill post Tyreek Hill, you know, like I mean, like Kelsey's. I mean, there's talk of he might retire this offseason. I don't think I don't think he does personally, but I mean, you know, I mean, like th- like you just have it's the one. There's just one, you know, one constant. I mean, it's well, what is yeah, and and Andy Reid, and yeah. and here's Brady the other Belichick. thing: these two teams played what three years? Was it four? What was it? Four years ago, they played in the Super Bowl. Is it four? Yeah. Or it was the right before COVID. Rule fifty-four. There's ten guys on each team. I think left. Total ten. Or, or ten on each. Ten total. I mean, t- ten on each. I think it is. Think about that. That isn't that long ago. Back in the day when the Steelers were going, they had forty guys. What um? Do you, can Where you, would you can put you the list? 49ers, Pete? The eighty-one to ninety-four, they the, five. They were third. They were third. Okay. okay. Yeah, they were right. It's it's for me. It's one Chiefs. I mean, uh, one Patriots. One Pats. Yeah. Two, one Pats. Two Steelers. Three Forty Niners. Four Chiefs. Five Jimmy Johnson Cowboys. Because that was a dynasty. And if he had stayed, it would have been even more of a dynasty. Right, and then you speak. can make a case for the you know, like I said, Washington winning three. Um, you know the the Bills. Uh, the Dolphins of the undefeated era because they lost, they got to the Super Bowl and lost and then won. I mean, you could make a case for some of those. These are post merger teams. You know, again, the 60s Packers would be in it, the 50s Browns would be in it. What about the 49ers? This year's 49ers. What storyline? I mean, man. I mean, it's, it's, it's easy. It's again, can a guy Kyle- drafted last, can a guy drafted last win a Super Bowl and carry a team? I mean, you know, this guy has a, a, a you know, built-in stigma around him that he's just a plug-and-play guy that benefits from everybody, and he does, but he's better than that. And it's almost like people have a idea about him. And I, I'll be honest with you. I was one of those guys. I had to see more of it. I've seen more of it. So, uh, you're, so a, you're, on board, you're on board with Purdy. Uh, he's not. I mean, he's not, he's not Montana, right? I mean, he's not Josh Allen. He's not, um, you know, maybe he is Mahomes, Montana. But he, he's a lot like Montana. I mean, he's not Joe Montana, but he's a lot in that he, the gamer moment. He showed that the last two weeks. We didn't know if he could do that. Fits with what they do. Um, you know, shows up and, and makes plays with his legs and in moments where you don't think he can. I, I just think there's a, it's almost like when people, I didn't like him coming out, so I'm not going to like him now. You can change your mind on a guy. Now, having said that, Jimmy Garoppolo went to the Super Bowl with the same offense. And if he hits a shot in the middle of the field, probably beats the Chiefs in that game, right? He probably beats them. And so I think you got to sit there and say, okay, Kyle Shanahan makes it work with who's ever playing quarterback. If Sam Darnold were in the lineup, and, and Purdy's better than Sam Darnold, but if Sam Darnold were in the lineup, would the 49ers have been a playoff team this year? Yes. Yeah. Yes. I'm I'm gonna sprinkle on Sam Darnold Super Bowl MVP. Ooh, Brenton, getting a little crazy. I mean, hey, just in case. What? I mean, that bad bad juju. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're putting a voodoo hex on the guy. I mean, come on. I, I just want to hit a long shot. But here's the difference: when Jimmy Garoppolo was playing quarterback for the 49ers, their defense was dominant. This defense is not very good right now. It just isn't. Ooh. And I told you guys last week, if you block them, you beat them. Didn't I? Then that was yep. exactly what I said. You said, you said two weeks ago with the Patriots. Lions I mean, did it. The Packers. Yeah, they've been getting blocked all playoffs. And that's my you know, the and that's my concern for that defense. And so Purdy's had to be even better because of that. I actually think that if you're doing a macro or a micro storyline, because the macro dynasty, I agree with you, that's the storyline. But the micro di- the micro storyline for the Chiefs, um, is this off like like Joe Tooney needs to be healthy or needs to be able to play, right? I mean, like, don't you think? Like, I don't think so. 
Oh, you don't even think they need I, it? But, well, I but said my point, Allegretti, my point is, Allegretti was solid. He's been solid since he's been in. Well, that he, needs to be able to play just that, like, if he plays like and that if that offensive line, if that offensive line is like has a great game against San Francisco, then the Niners are in trouble. Is what, what my correct was what tackles, I'm trying to get at. The tackles have to play like they did against the Ravens. Exactly. And yeah. and and they hadn't played that way all year, or at least at moments they had struggles. And I think, you know, Allegretti will be fine if he plays. He's tough. He's a mauler, man. He's he, he'll battle you. He's not, I mean, he's not toony. Nobody is, but he, yeah. you know, he he at least nobody on that team. And, he, and so I think he'll be fine with him. In and it feels like that's what the Chiefs are probably thinking is that look, we had our Joe Tooney's out. We still put up more than 300 yards against the Ravens defense, which was the best in the NFL. The 49ers couldn't really do anything against the Ravens defense. We played, we got shut down for two quarters. So we played two good quarters, still put up over 300 yards and won the game. So I think that their offensive line would be pretty confident whether Tooney's in there or not. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, and I think, and, and that defense is significantly better. I mean, right? Yeah. They shut, they could I mean, I also think too. You got to throw in. I mean, Kyle Shanahan loses another Super Bowl. It's, I mean, it's gonna be talked about. Well, I mean, last week we were talking about it on the text chain about choking in the big game. I mean, that's yeah. real. So I mean, he would right. be. He would be. I mean, he would be. Oh, for three, right? It'd, well, we got the twenty-eight to three, which you can't necessarily pin on him, but he's yes, got to take some of the blame. You got to take yeah. some of the blame. <laughs> You've got Super Bowl fifty-four, where he blew a ten-point lead against the Chiefs, which is, I think, the second largest blown lead in Super Bowl history. You have the NFC, <laughs> NFC title game against the Rams, where he blew that ten points. So just big blown leads all over the place, and yeah, I mean, it. I think there's a lot of pressure on Shanahan to win this game. I agree. I think way more pressure, pressure on, on Shanahan oh. than anybody on Kansas City side. Way, way, way more. more pressure on him. Yeah, for sure. All right, let's take a break. When we come back, some off-season storylines to talk about. Next. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Now streaming on Paramount+. Plus. You ready, Bob? Well, all right. Audiences are raving. Bob Marley is electrifying. It's the feel-good movie of the year. You dig? Bob Marley, One Love. Rated PG-13. Now streaming on Paramount+. Plus. All right. Welcome back to the Pick 6 Podcast. Off-season storylines to watch. I'm actually, I was talking with uh, my buddy Cal on um, a text chain about uh, a specific off-season. Uh, so I was doing some drafts, some 2024 uh, best ball drafts, which is kind of like last night, which is kind of fun because... You're like, so like, you don't even know where the rookies are going. You don't know what's going to happen in free agency. And so like, I I actually was able to stack a bunch of Bengals uh, stuff too, Breach, which should make you very scared. Uh, But I hope you're not stacking T Higgins because I don't think he's going to be there. Well, so I think that don't put that stink out there, Pete. Well, so (laughs) T Higgins and Mike Evans were two guys that I was grabbing a lot of. And because I think it's interesting because I think, Kansas City could end up making a move for what there's a, there's some big name wide receivers out there Higgins Mike Evans um uh and Mike Williams too for the Chargers where like you could see Kansas City maybe say hey Kelsey's getting older we need to go get an alpha receiver don't you think yeah I mean on a, if the deal's right you don't want to go crazy on those guys right, Higgins, I, mean, but they like, I mean Mike Evans isn't a youngster anymore and 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 Williams is always hurt well, the other the other spot that but but Cal pointed out uh, Evans from from Houston could be a good landing spot with the Texans potentially. Do they need him if Tank Dell's back? No, not necessarily. That was my doorbell, by the way. I, I was wondering what that was. But and T Higgins, I feel like the first person who's going to call him in free agency is Brian Callahan. And just say, hey man, you want to come down to Tennessee because we need a receiver here. And he and I think he'd be good with Levis. That would be smart for them to go do that. Although they've had their fair share of receive, big receivers who don't run that way. They need speed. They need speed. If Okay, here, I'll give you one. What if Calvin Ridley went out the door and because he's a free agent too? What if he if, goes well, they the gotta, don't they have to give up a second-round pick if they re-sign him? 
Yeah, but they could tag them and work the mechanism that way around oh, okay. it, I think. But what if they let Calvin Ridley go out the door and they got T. Higgins? Ooh. People are down on Trevor Lawrence, by the way. Huh? People are down on Trevor Lawrence again. He was he wasn't good this year, but large part because it wasn't because of him. The offensive line was awful. Yeah. I'm just saying people are down on Trevor Lawrence, so. Well, I'm down on him. I thought he was going to be the MVP and he wasn't close to it. So he yeah, I mean, he, he's probably down on himself the way he played. He, it was a bigger uh, problem, Jacksonville. Trevor Lawrence or Trent Balky? Who's a bigger what? Problem. Trevor Lawrence isn't a problem. Trent Balky's a problem. <laughs> I wanted to see how high Pete's eyebrow would get when you said Trent Balky. <laughs> I mean, my gosh. He, he, but by the way, he'll tell you he's not to blame for anything. Oh, I'm sure he will. He did the same thing in San Francisco. So you got to learn your lesson on Trent Balky. Um, stick with the Chiefs, though. The rise of the AFC West. How do we think? Like, this is a fast, it's once again a fascinating storyline where people are going to try and put down the AFC, put down the Chiefs, be like, oh, look who's coming. It's Jim Harbaugh and the Chargers. Speaking of Trent Balky, um, Sean Payton, Antonio Pierce. Yeah, big, big coaching hires. I, I do wonder if we'll continue to see this offseason moves by those three teams that generate interest outside outside of the Chiefs. <laughs> the Chiefs win another Super Bowl, go to another Super Bowl. And yet again, people are like, well, look at these other teams in the AFC West. Harbaugh will build a tough physical team there. But, you know, for, for anybody to sit there and say, well, the Chiefs will have issues, they're young as heck everywhere. They're young. Uh, you know, every, for the Tyreek Hill trade, all that talk about the Tyreek Hill trade, why do you think they're so young in the secondary? That's a large part because of those picks they got for for him. They're young. That's not an old team, it, you know. And somehow one they'll figure out how to get Chris Jones back. They're not an old team, and so they're going to be right smack dab Super Bowl favorite next year, right? They're the Super Bowl favorite in the AFC. They're actually next. the third. They're actually behind the Ravens right now, and so you can you That's can bet it. Stupidity. Yeah, it's, uh, the Niners are four and a half to one. Ravens, we looked at this yesterday on the podcast. Ravens seven to one. Chiefs eight and a half to one. Eight and a half to one for the Chiefs, who have been, like as you pointed out, two plays away from going to the Super Bowl six straight years with Patrick Mahomes. That's a good number. And what are the Bills? The next one? Uh, yeah, maybe the Chargers are probably right there too. I mean, Chargers are always up there. Chargers? Who would? How can you put the Chargers up there? What? Just because Is they Harbaugh? got Harbaugh one year? No. Not one year. Do you see anything physically on that defensive line or offensive line that reminds you of Jim Harbaugh? No. I will say the Chiefs have a very interesting schedule, as does every team in the AFC West. For next year, they play the AFC North. They play the 49ers. They play the Bills. That's six difficult games. Very. And, and the other division teams do not have to play the 49ers. Or the well, Bills. If they whack the 49ers this week, they're not going to mind playing the 49ers. Where's that game at? Uh, Sam Fran, Santa Clara. It's a tough no, game. Uh, Charger, Charger 30 to 1. I'm sorry. Apologies. Chargers. I mean, every year, hey, I'm a Herbert guy. You know that, Brenton. But yeah. every year <laughs> we sit, how's he going to fit into that the way they play? You know, what, how are they going to use him? That's, that's a, a, a tough question right there. Um, but I, look, Harbaugh will get that thing turned around and get them playing good, tough physical football. It just might not happen right away. By the way, the uh, oh, sorry. So here, at the top, the top of the list is Niners. The Chiefs actually down to plus seven fifty. They leapfrogged the Ravens. The Ravens. They flipped to the Ravens after the podcast yesterday. Spicy. Ravens up to nine. So Chiefs the second favorite. Lions twelve, Bills twelve, Cowboys, Bengals fifteen, Eagles seventeen to one. Dolphins twenty to one. Those are all the teams twenty to one or lower. The Bill, uh, the, the the Lions are going to have a hard time winning their division next year. Yeah, Green Bay. Packers are good. Packers twenty five to one. And Packers are good. The Bears are going to be much better. No matter who plays quarterback, they're going to be a better team. And if Minnesota brings back Kirk Cousins, they're going to be better. Tough division. <laughs> Somebody's watching the podcast and DMing Jamie Eisenberg about us. <laughs> said, You're catching strays on there. <laughs> hey, we'll fire out some strays now. <laughs> oh, no. 
Man. Snitches okay. get stitches. Yeah, snitches get stitches. Yeah, right. Um, all right. So also in the AFC West, sort of, um, Russell Wilson, Kirk Cousins. I think Cousins probably stays quarterback carousel. I think Cousins probably stays in uh, in in Minnesota just because of the timing of the injury. I think so. I think I think he stays too. I think they'll give him like a a two year deal, three year deal, make it you know where they can use the cap number. And he, I think he wants to stay. I think it makes sense. They found out what life was like without him. He, he yeah. wants to stay. And that would also make life tough for the Lions too. By the way, yeah. Like, I mean, Cousins the Viking. The, Kevin O'Connell's a good coach. What about um, well, real also, quick with Cousins though? He's he has not shown any inclination to take any sort of bargain, and I know he's coming true. off an Achilles injury, so it's not like the Vikings will say, "Well, here's what our budget is. Can you sign this deal?" He's going to tell them what he wants, and they're either going to say, "Okay, we'll pay that," or he'll go somewhere else. And, and wh where would he go? Like Atlanta, Washington, Atlanta. I think with a new ownership, he would consider Washington. Atlanta could make sense. Maybe, maybe. Jared Mayo says, hey, you want to come to New England? We actually need a quarterback here uh, because our two guys aren't cutting it. There's, there's spots out there. I mean, is, is New England Denver? a better – Sean is, Payton? Uh, if you're talking about just you – no, know, Denver can't fit him in the cap. That's the problem. Is 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 uh, New England a better opportunity than Minnesota? No. Well, if no. New England's going to pay him what he wants to get paid, then maybe. Well, I mean, but – what are you paying him? How much more are you paying him than the Vikings will pay him? You know what I mean? If, is is that is five I think, million? I think he really. I, th I I do think that like I agree with you. He won't take a discount, but I also think that he really likes the lifestyle of Minnesota, and he's yeah. got his kids are. He's not. He doesn't seem like a. I'm going to move the kids to Boston type of guy. No, he doesn't. Like he doesn't. Like if, if if he can keep them in Minnesota, where. And you know, like, like they went to he and his wife and the kids went to a twins game, like a twins playoff game, and or it didn't even get recognized like, for a while. Like that's that's awesome if you're him. Yeah, he, his I, wife's I, family I, lives in Atlanta. Yeah, what's that? His wife's family lives in Atlanta. Those are two yeah. Delta hubs, though, so it's easy to get there. Yeah, I, I think I think I think in the end he'll go back to Minnesota. I think so too. What about Russ? Russ has got to be gone, right? I mean. What's backup? <laughs> Who is he a backup? <laughs> are you are you are you thrilled that Russell like at the downfall of Russell Wilson? You've always no hated no. I didn't hate him. I just never thought he was as good as you guys all thought he was, and I was right. He it was. Won a Super it was. Bowl. I mean, guys win. Trent Dilfer won a Super Bowl. Brad Johnson won a Super Bowl. Stop Nick Foles. That. Nick Foles won a Super Nick Bowl. Nick Foles, greatest accident of all time, won a Super Bowl. Dan Marino didn't. End of argument about anybody who won a Super Bowl. <laughs> Wait, I mean, but Ru let me ask you this: Is did Russell Wilson? Because Russell Wilson was like, I was like, he was described as a future Hall of Famer. He is, he he's not a Hall of Famer. Oh man! So he, but like he was like, like people. Okay, were like, I mean, if he's a Hall of Famer, then Matt Ryan's a Hall of Famer. But you cannot lump Russell Wilson in with Trent Dilfer and Nick Foles. No, I mean, he's he, better he's than those guys. Oh, he's better success. than that. He's better than those guys. No, no doubt. I'm not saying he's those guys, but I'm talking about when you talk about winning a Super Bowl and how it defines the quarterback position. Because in that case, Marino, who's the greatest thrower of the football who's ever played, should always be critiqued for not winning a Super Bowl, which is absurd. But I, my point was just that, like, Russ was on a Hall of Fame track and now might have, like, backed out of it, like, backed out of being a Hall of Famer, which you almost never see. You know what I mean? Like, he, like, what? Well, what was the last really good year? He, he, and by the way, he had the number one scoring. Seattle. He had the number one scoring defense in the league the first four years he was in Seattle, which is I think the fifties dynasty Browns only team that ever he did ruined that. the he ruined the Seattle dynasty. He's the reason he took down the Seattle dynasty. Him and Richard Sherman's beef. But, but think about that. Okay, so that's his greatest seasons. He had a couple good seasons after that. They got away from being a defensive run team. And then that was it. I mean, he had never, it was never, he had, I think he had one season where you go, oh my God, those numbers are amazing. One, I think. No MVP, no MVP votes, as, as, we've, as we've heard many, 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 many times. Um, yeah, I mean, he, he, led, he led the NFL in touchdown passes in 2017. He threw that, 40, touch, 40 touchdown passes. That's the year. That's the year. In 2020. I mean, he's had several good seasons. 
He's had, how many? How many good seasons? By NFL say, current at quarterback least, standards, at least four. Yeah, and you could argue all, five. That's not a Hall of Famer. Speaking of quarterbacks, you might move on. Justin Fields. Nobody knows if he's going to be with the Bears or not. What do you think happens to the number one I think overall pick? On. I think they're moving on. I think everybody in this draft is enamored with Caleb Williams. I think they're moving on. So you you because at various would points I move this- on? Would I move on? I don't know. I haven't done enough work on Caleb Williams yet. I got to dive in on him. I've watched all his games, um, but I want to watch the tape. And would I move on? I probably would not. But the more I dive into it, maybe I change my mind. How much? How much of a breach do you think is the a factor? Is the like resetting the clock for the GM here? Well, I think that you can argue that both ways. On one hand, you're not attached to Justin Fields at all. You can say, "All right, bye, man. We didn't. You're not our guy. Just clean your hands of it. Clean your hands of everything that came before you." Uh, or I think they're only, they only have two options here. Either you keep. Justin Fields, and if you do that, you trade the pick or you draft a quarterback and you trade Justin Fields. There's got to be a trade here. That's how I see it. Yeah, yeah, but what, what do you get, what, what do you what get what from else, Justin Fields? What other options do you think there would be? <laughs> well, you could hold on to him and let him compete for the year or, and then get rid of him. You, yeah, or you could hold on to Justin Fields and not draft a quarterback with the first overall pick, but I don't think that would be a good use of your compensation. Well, or, oh, oh, right. Yeah, pick. I mean, that would be, that would be Here's insane. the thing that we don't – everybody's automatically put Caleb Williams in as the you know the next uh, Patrick Mahomes, and you got to slow down a little bit. There were games this year where he looked ordinary. I mean, he just didn't play gr- as great. Dra- as, Drake, they, May is, Drake May has never beaten a good defense. I'll tell you that much. And Drake May had some games where he didn't play well this year. He, I mean, if you go and look at game, Drake May's played, I think four games in his college career. And I, I'm obviously, you know, I'm a state NC State fan, so I mean, like, I'm, I'm biased against Drake May. I, I think Drake May's a good player, but he's played, I think, four, maybe five games in his career against top thirty defenses, college football defense, college defenses. Yeah, but how many been, of those came in the beginning of this year when he didn't have the the fast wide receiver that's uh, going to be a Walker, second round pick? I mean. You know, that's what you got to look at stuff like that, too. Well, no, I think they were late, but he was not. So, like, they lost Josh Downs in the in the draft last year and right. then didn't have Tez Walker because of the NCAA stuff for the first few weeks, first, like, right. month of the season, and he wasn't very good. No, he wasn't. He didn't play that well. And, and by the way, Caleb Williams against some good teams didn't play that well. Caleb Williams wasn't good against Notre Dame. Yeah. yeah. I mean, is there a chance Jaden Daniels goes first overall? No. Zero. Caleb Williams is a is a lock, right? He's going first. You know, he is definitely. I think he's going first. It's just a matter of how much do you love him, and does it bother you that your quarterback cried on his mom after a <laughs> after a game? Okay. I mean, you're going to hear that. I'm telling you, in the in this, you know how those general managers and scouts are. They're yeah, going to put him in that true. room and they're going to ask him, "Why were you crying like that after the game with your mom?" I mean, that's going to be. A, they're going to. I mean, Miles Garrett got ripped for liking poetry and dinosaurs. Yeah, I didn't. I'll be honest with you. I wasn't really thrilled with a guy who likes poetry and dinosaurs rushing the passer <laughs> on my team either. <laughs> but he's 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 pushed that to the side. Yeah, he's been he's been fine. Um, do you think we get Aaron Rodgers talk two Like, do, does the NFL? How does the yes. NFL handle Aaron Rodgers? It's not going to be the same. It's not going to be the same. It's not no. going to be the same. No way it can be the same. It's always hey, I, I, I think Rodgers has turned off a lot of people. Um, yeah, and and it's not going to be the same. And he's been there already. He's been there, even though he didn't play. He's been around the team. He was there in training camp. It and, hard knocks. Yeah. So no, it's not going to be not going to be close to the same. Okay. Oh, the old guy's back. <laughs> That's what it is now. Hey, the yeah. old guy quarterback's back. That'd be just like you in Vegas. The old guy's back. The old guy's look back. The, look at the old guy. He's back. Uh, all right, Pete, we'll get you out of here. Give you a couple extra minutes to get your HQ stuff ready. Unless you got you anything else you want. ask me about Dan Campbell. Well, Brinson skipped the oh, topic. Yeah. We got a few minutes. Dan Producer Pete is literally doing his job producing, trying to get Brinson not to talk about Aaron Rodgers and to talk about Dan Campbell, and Brinson just blew him off. I mean, I'm just talking. I just it, it, and Will, you were on the text chain with me. How angry I was when it happened, and you know, I said this as soon as he did it. As soon yep. as he went for it on fourth down, I said, 
In a second, they're going to go down and get a score, and it's going to be and it's going to be a one score game, and then they're going to start pressing and melting down, and that's exactly what they did. You, you said, can't go you, for it. You said that the game was over when the Lions were up seven points. <laughs> like this game is over. The forty well, nine. And as this- soon as he went for it, because because Costas is on that chain, and he was going, oh, he loved it, he loved it, and I said they're going to go down and get a touchdown and make it a seven point game, and then they press, and then the game's over. That's exactly what I said. And, and that's you, exactly you called, what happened. You called Nick a Madden more a Madden playing moron. Yeah. Um, and but now the one thing that I think has been sort of lost in all this is just like take the points, take the points, take the points. You, they're not free points. They're not just there to, for for your taking. Like the kicker's not the kicker was not very good. Well, and that's also a problem of your organization and your team. Then that that's on you. But here's the other thing: you take the points there because you go up three scores. You go up three scores. And everybody said, well, he, Reynolds dropped the ball. That all can happen. Just like the kicker can miss the kick. The guy can drop the pass. The quarterback can get moved off the spot. It happens. That's why you try and take them when you can to go up three scores. If they're up three scores, the 49ers take the field looking. How much time was left? Was it about four minutes? Seven, in the third? seven minutes in the third quarter. They're starting to look around going, oh, my God, three scores. We got to go now. We got to no go. No margin for error. Right. You got to do that. Then the next time, you have to tie the game. You have to tie the game. Kick it. What are you doing? And I go back and and because I've sat in, I sat in that green room with Rick Rick Spielman all year, and he's Johnny Detroit because his brother's on you know works in the organization. Chris, who's a great dude, and he defends everything they do. I criticize every time he does it because remember against the Chargers when it, when it, late in the game, it's fourth down and two, I think it was. And there was a minute 40-something left in the game, and the Chargers had one timeout left, and he decided to go for it rather than kick his field goal. It worked. He got the first down. He took three knees and kicked it, and the game was over. That was stupid, too. That's dumb. The Dallas game, they could have had a home field advantage in the playoffs if he doesn't go for two after he has the penalty, right? So, I mean, on and on he goes, that's who he is. Be true to who you are. He should have been doing that the whole time. He was wrong. He got away with it a bunch. That's what I say. He got away with it a bunch. Then let's spin it forward to the goal line situation. The run using the timeout. That was worse. No, what was even worse? The next play, fourth down, kick the field goal. What are you doing? You have to kick the field goal there. Yeah, you know what? I was it, once you wasted the timeout and it was already fourth down. It almost didn't matter. So yeah. at that point, I think you almost you have, no. You have no, to. But at that point, you, you were not committed. Yeah, but you have to give yourself every opportunity to spin it forward. If you kick the field goals, an automatic from there. Even you breach, you you, you can't kick, and you'd make right, that right, field right. goal. Okay, <laughs> so take give yourself an automatic kick. And then move on to the next spot instead of playing a play where you could have a drop. The guy had to make a great catch in the back of the end zone. Otherwise, the game's completely over. They needed to run the field goal unit out there on fourth down with the clock running and kick that short field goal and then kick off. Then you can even kick off deep if you want because you got the three timeouts. The timeout was the the true. Right. They waited. Running the football on third down and then being like, oh, crap. Yeah, I don't like running them out from the 30-yard line necessarily, but if you're at the 10 or whatever they were, you run them out and kick that field goal, and then, then you go back and do that. Yeah, yes, exactly. The timeout was the worst thing of all. He, and he and the one thing I want to say real quick on the fourth down stuff, because I know that Michael Badgley's been brought up a lot and saying, oh, well, the kicker only has a 60% career rate from beyond 47 yards, and it's a huge risk, is that the pushback there is that kicking is 90% mental. And Michael Badgley since Christmas Eve, had hit 12 of 13 kicks, including a 54-yarder in the playoffs. So he was. this is a guy who would have been very confident going up there. It's not like he came in hitting 40% of his right. kicks from that range. He was on a hot streak, and when kickers, it's like getting hot with three-pointers. It's You're out there, your kicks are going through, you feel pretty good about it. And, and, and by the way, it would have been a 45-yarder, right, the first one? I think 48. No, was he was at 46 the 20, or 48. Was he at the 28-yard line, wasn't he? 28? Uh, I think it was. The first one, I think it was at the 28. Yeah, 28. So it's been 46. Yeah, so there you go. 46. He, if you if your kicker can't make a 46-yard field goal, it, it, they talk about was outside. So what? It's a 46-yard field goal. It's not like it's it's 20 below. It's it's it's, it's Santa Clara. You're gonna you gotta make that kick. Outside of perfect 17. weather. Perfect kicking weather. And here's the other thing: if you make the kick, 
you're, you, you have all the momentum. And people talk about momentum doesn't matter. And the people who talk about momentum not mattering never played the game, never played any game. They played Madden. The momentum doesn't matter when you're playing yourself. You know, hey, hey, oh, I got momentum on myself. Here I go. Woo! I just beat the machine. The machine doesn't have momentum on me. I have momentum. Give me Is that a Nick? Break. Is that Nick Costas? Yeah, that's Nick And Costas. George Kittle <laughs> even mentioned the momentum. And players talk about it all the time. And then, like, the closest thing I think any one of us normal people can get to is if you've ever gone to a basketball court and you're shooting threes and all of a sudden you make nine in a row, you're just feeling it. Like, there's no explanation the hoop didn't get the rim didn't get wider. The your eyes didn't get better. You're just they're, you're feeling. They're, it. they're skating. They were skating after that. They're skating. That's what they always say. They're you skating. This, the you see this? You see this NC State helmet back here? Believe me, momentum yeah. is real. <laughs> I think momentum. I know. I've been on the bad side of momentum a lot, and momentum is real. Hey, in 1996, Arizona State had a national championship in their paws, and they had momentum go against them, and that was the end of it. Yep. I mean. I, I do think it it is like 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 you can't take away the fact that if you're down three scores, what what I mean, what happens different? What do the Niners do differently? You know, like how like how do they how do they act versus being like making it a seven point game? Well, here's the other thing: the, the analytics said it was almost an even split decision. So if it's a split decision, then you got you have to kick the field goal. The, yeah. anal, the analytic that's that's the that's what's funny about this whole discussion. The analytics never really were like like saying Dan Campbell needs to go, he needs to go. Like a lot of times you see that, and it, it was mo like for the most part, it was not a ton of analytics su suggesting By the he way, had to go. The analytics numbers that they use that those are from Detroit playing in Santa Clara in a playoff game in. Uh, with this exact the left guard who's a backup with this guy, the analytics are all one big body of work. I get it, but there are situations that change the analytics. I think those they are all factored in. Those are all fa those are all factored into the analytics. Like for instance, the Lions converted sixty some percent of their second down or the fourth downs or whatever, but then the Niners only allowed like thirty five percent. So like th that stuff well, is I factored get, in. That's their matchup, but okay, are they co converting their? Fourth downs against bad defenses or against good defenses? Against defenses that rush the passer? Against defenses that have big defensive tackles on the inside? Do they convert them running to the outside? Do they throw to the outside where they throw it? There's so many variables that go into it that they don't take into account. And if my starting – okay, for example, if it says always go for it on fourth and goal from the inch yard line, if it, most, of the, most of the analysts would say go for it. If you, me, John Breach, and two other guys were the offensive line going against the 49ers defense, would it still say we should go for it? Of course it not. It, it would not. No, if Jared Goff got injured on third down, the analytics would still say go for it, but you wouldn't because your backup quarterback's in there and you kick the field goal. So, like, it, it, you've got to quantify flow, the numbers. Get, right. Game flow, game feel, game situations matter. There's my rant. Dan Campbell was has been got away with it for most of the year and it caught up with him in that game. Right. You still a great coach, let by that way. rant happen. He's still a great coach, by the way. I, I love I know, the I way he like, coaches. But hey Pete, let me ask you this real quick because I know you got to go. So quick answer here. But Brandon Stanley, he was Mr. Analytics, always going for him fourth down. Week 18 against the Raiders where with the playoff spot on the line. That's what he went for it. Fourth and one from his own 20 yard line. He got crushed but he said that's the way we're going to do things. But it also seemed like for the rest of his career with the Chargers, he started second-guessing himself because of what happened there. Do you think Campbell starts second-guessing himself because of what happened in this game? You know, somebody should sit him down in a room and say, hey, Dan, we got to rein this in a little bit. We're a good football team. We don't need this anymore. We don't I, I, need it anymore. I think what happened with Brandon Staley is that Tom Telesco – and John Spanos, who were, and maybe maybe even Dean Spanos, got in his ear about it, and that's why he started second-guessing himself. I don't think you'll see that in Detroit because I think Dan Campbell has a little more. One last thing. I got so many Lions fans <laughs> riled up on Sunday and Monday, and every single one of them says, you wouldn't say that to Dan's face. Brinson, if he was sitting right there, you know I would say, you, you would blew say it. Face. Yeah, Frisco does not gossip. If he says it out loud, he would say it to your face. That I is, would say I've it. heard. He, yeah. he, you oh, know, yeah. he might want to crush me or whatever, but I would say it. 
Oh no, Pete. Pete has zero filter when it comes to what you would say to people <laughs> to their face. I, I I fully believe that. Like, I hope that you see Costos in in Vegas. You're like, you got you're bald. Or something, you know, something to that effect. Your hairline's gone back since I last saw yeah. you. Welcome to right. my world, Nikki. <laughs> All right, Pete. We're going to take a break. Pete's going to bounce and go to HQ. Thanks as always, buddy. Great rant. And uh, we'll see you in person next uh, Next time. week. Yeah. Yep. And, uh, and, and Breach, you can give me things to rank, blindly rank after the break next. The baseball season is in full swing, which means you need to listen to Fantasy Baseball Today, part of the CBS Sports Podcast Network. Join Scott White, Chris Towers, and me, Frank Stample, every weekday as we recap every player from every game. We'll talk waiver wire ads, drops, players to trade for, prospects who could make an impact, and everything in between. Make sure to download and follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the Odyssey app, and everywhere else podcasts are found. You can now relive the best moments of the UEFA Champions League 24-7. The UEFA Champions League channel is a new 24-hour streaming channel serving non-stop goals, highlights, and full match replays from the world's most prestigious club competition. Reminisce on your favorite moments, legendary players, and brilliant goals with the UEFA Champions League channel streaming around the clock on Pluto TV and the CBS Sports app. All right. Breach, let's do a blind ranking. Look at Brenton, finally. Then I'm going to eat a late lunch because I'm starving. You are the ranker, and I get to be the rank E for once. You know what's funny is that, like, I'm looking at this list I'm about to give you, and I don't remember any Pro Bowl big moments. I know of these five, I remember two of them. So we'll see how you do here. I mean, I mean. Sean Taylor is, is, I mean, like I'm saving number one for Sean Taylor and Brian Mormon. Uh, well, here we go. Number okay. one, Jeff Saturday switches teams in the middle of the Pro Bowl so he can take one last snap with Peyton Manning in 2013. I vaguely remember that because I think, um, was that in Indianapolis or was the Super Bowl in Indianapolis that year? No, because Peyton didn't, Peyton was hurt when the Super Bowl was in Indy. So it would have been. Oh, because he, he – wait, why was Jeff Saturday switching sides? Was it still – Because uh, it wasn't – it was the captain stuff. It wasn't AFC. Oh, it, was your first, it was when they started the captain stuff. That's right. So it wasn't right, AFC, NFC. Right, right, right. Um, uh, or no, Saturday the, played for the Packers. He, oh, that's right. That's what it was. That's what it was. Okay. So yeah, confusing so, that they – there's been so many different formats. Yeah. Um, I'll uh, – I'll put that at three. I'll follow the breach, the breach model, and put that at wow, three. Wow, you might have blown this. Actually, huh? yeah. I, actually, I don't. Even, I don't no, really, too late. Okay. You cannot switch. This is a chess move. Once you make your move, you're stuck. All right. Next like, up, the, like the Pro Bowl. I don't care how these rankings. Show. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's go back to 1980. Jack Youngblood plays in the Pro Bowl with a broken leg. I mean, can you imagine today? No, like, in the Pro Bowl, <laughs> you would like you would go with it. I mean, like, I'll go, I'll go uh, two. I don't know. I, I, I wasn't alive, so but, but good job uh, after the Super Bowl that year. Apparently, according to uh, to Harry, is all right. nuts. All right, uh, two, all right, all right. Well, here you go, Brinson. Sean Taylor lights up Brian Mormon. <laughs> That's number one. I mean, it's with, and it's not even close. Like that, one of the all-time great Pro Bowl moments, and I think definitely like a reason for why they. Because I mean, Mormon was hurt, hurt too after that. Yeah, he got lit up. He got destroyed. I mean, it's an all-time great moment. All right, Peter Sean Taylor, number one with it easily. All right, next one up, end of the 2011 Pro Bowl. Alex Mack scores a touchdown on a lateral when they're just lateraling around. It ends with Alex Mack scoring the TD. Uh, number four. Okay, that means this one's number five. Your number five <laughs> is Will <laughs> <laughs> Ron McClain scoring on the old fumble Ruski in 2009. 
Um, I don't think you remember. I can tell. I don't remember. Yeah, I vaguely remember that, but but yeah. Um, it's crazy. Moments. How crazy! Remember, I'll, tell you, I'll tell you. I'll tell you. I'll tell you what the number one, the actual number one greatest Pro Bowl moment was. Breach when we stopped having to do live blogs for the Pro Bowl. <laughs> <laughs> we used to have to. We used to get in. Remember when the Super Bowl was in New York and we went and got hammered on Sunday <laughs> night, the first night in New York. At that, wait, wait, we. Were you in? May you might have been in town yet. Yeah, I don't think I. I, I remember live blocking the Pro Bowl you, from a bar in San Francisco. Yeah, that's right. But I'm trying to think. I, I, I or maybe you live blogged it, and then came to New York the next night. Yeah, that sounds right. I think me Wilson and Ek got obliterated at a at a bar in New York the first night, the first Sunday night they were there. And he, was uh, like, and he was like mad. He's like, "Well, who's live blogging the Pro Bowl?" We're like, "Nobody." <laughs> I want to get my favorite Pro Bowl moment ever, which I'm sure people actually remember, is when uh, Peyton Manning called Mike Vanderjack idiot kicker. Yeah, that's a good one. That too. came at the Pro Bowl when because it, it came after a season where Vanderjack blew a blew blah, 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 a blah. game the kick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a good one. And, and Manning was like, "Our drunk kicker is just out there being our idiot, idiot kicker." All right, that'll do it for us, for Pete, for Breach. I'm Brinson. Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. We will see you guys later.